Hi there, and God bless you. I'm Brian Hallam. I pray that this message is a blessing to you. Thank you for downloading it, and thank you for following me on Twitter and Instagram and for liking and sharing what we post there. I just want you to know that I believe God wants to do something great in your life and in your family. So as we go into the Word today, let's go in with faith and hope and a high level of expectation for what God is going to do in your life. Open your Bible to Philippians chapter number 3. So the Apostle Paul is writing, and he, he had been writing uh, from, from prison. And, and the thing is, uh, a lot of people, when something doesn't go their way, that's when they clam up and stop. But the Apostle Paul, he had a revelation that when things aren't going your way, it's time to throttle up. It's time to push a little harder. It's time to move a little harder. So what we saw, what we see from the Scripture is the Apostle Paul wrote letters and, te- and taught and preached uh, while he was in prison and bless God while he did that while he was out of prison. So the Scripture says that he's writing to a church, a church in a place called Philippi, and he loves them. He, he talks about the great partnership that he feels with them. And he begins to talk and discuss things about encouraging them to continue on. And then he crosses the halfway mark of his letter because Philippians only has four chapters. But when the Apostle Paul wrote this, he didn't write it in chapters. And he didn't write it in verses. This was just a letter that he had written to the church. But we have applied, not New Heights, but uh, uh, we have applied... Uh, chapters and verses so that we can understand it better and I can say open your Bible to Philippians 3 instead of you know find the 275th word of the letter you see what I'm saying it makes where we can cut it up a little bit more so the Apostle Paul's writing and he he gets kind of towards the end and it's it's almost like you can feel him turn that he's he's getting close to saying goodbye in his letter and he begins to talk because he had heard some that there were some people really bragging about their righteousness really bragging about what they had become and what they were. And specifically with regards to the law or uh, the letter of the law regarding uh, Hebraic teachings. And the Apostle Paul says, I just want to set the record straight. I am the Hebrew of Hebrews. Nobody has followed the letter of the law like I have followed the letter of the law. But I also want to make sure you guys understand I used to consider that a strength in my life. I used to consider that a strong place in my life that I knew everything there was to know about the Bible. I knew everything there was to know about uh, Abraham and, and how many kids he had and how many grandkids. I used to know everything there is to know about that. And I used to consider that one of my strongest assets. He said, but now I'm not certain it might even be a liability for me. Because any time... You have a strength that you trust more than you trust the strength of Almighty God. Now it has become, it has gone from being a great asset in your life to now it is a significant liability or even a stumbling block for you. He said, he said I'm telling you these things that I thought were for my benefit, I now count them as dung. And in those day and age, the word that we've translated to dung would be a lot closer to the word beep. He said, I I count it as just anything filth that you would want to get away from. He said, but but here's the deal. I desire, verse 12, I desire to attain 
this place with God and this relationship with God. And he's writing this so beautifully and uh, from such a sincere place. He says, not as though I already have it. Have you ever been around that person that's, that's completely got it together and, and it just totally turns everybody off because they really don't have it all together? They just tell everybody they have it all together? And even if they're not telling you with their mouth, they're telling you with their eyes. They're, they're, control, they're trying to control the situation by how everybody needs to be like them. Well, listen, if everybody was like you, it would be a very boring place and who would fix dinner? You know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, the apostle's writing and he's going, listen, I, I'm not writing this to tell you guys that I have everything figured out. On the exact contrary, I'm writing this to tell you guys that I am trying to lay hold of a thing. I'm trying to grab a hold of something. I'm trying to get my arms around something. He says, not as though I've already attained. Either we're already perfect. He said, I'm not telling you I'm perfect. He said, I'm not telling you I'm perfect. I'm pursuing him who is perfect. I'm not telling you I'm the way. I'm pursuing the one who is the way. I'm not telling you I'm the life. I'm pursuing the one that is the life. He said, I'm not telling you I've already attained this. He said, but I follow after. He said, I pursue. And then he says it like this. King James is kind of a tongue twister. He says, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. In other words, he says, I'm trying to hold on to what is holding on to me in other words if you've ever had a little bitty baby this is going to make a lot of sense to you when they're little bitty and they're tiny and they're like a day old you've got to hold them differently than you hold them when they're a year old you've got to hold them differently when they're two weeks old than you hold them when they're two years old when they're a little bitty baby they can't even control their head their head begins to, to, to wibble, wiggle and wobble when you pick them up. And you've got to hold that baby so delicately. And let me tell you, that baby is doing nothing to hold on to you. You are holding the baby. And the baby, if you did not hold the baby, the baby would fall. When you get born again, when you say yes to Jesus Christ, you got to understand, you have thrown yourself into everlasting arms. He is not going to drop you. He's not going to put you down. And if by chance you wiggle your way out, you got to understand, He's trying to pick you up more than you're trying to be picked up. Yeah, this little bitty baby. And then, then, then like a month old or so, some would argue they'll do something different to indicate they are maturing and getting stronger. Maybe they will roll over. I know uh, when you're a young parent, it's like a challenge. You know what I'm saying? It's like, when did your child roll over for the first time? Because you've got it on a clock and you've got it on a picture and you're like, my baby was 32 minutes old when she rolled over for the first time. Look how strong she is. Glory to God. But they begin to do things that are different. They, they roll over and then, then they begin to, to, to instead of like, like even when they're tiny, if you put your hand in their hand, they'll grab your finger, but they won't reach out and grab you. But then their eyesight begins to develop. And then instead of you constantly having to grab their hand, now they're reaching out for your hand. Another sign of maturity. They begin to mature and, and come along. And, and then, then not only have they rolled over, then, oh no, now they begin to sit up on their, on their, on their little rear end. And, and they sit there and you're like, oh my goodness, look at them. Get it. And instead of it always being you reaching for them, 
Now you walk in the room and they're sitting there on their little rear end reaching up for you. They're trying to hold what has been holding them. They begin to, to reach and say, oh, pick me up, wah, 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 pick me up. You pick them up and, and then you put them back down and then, then they, get up on, they get up on all fours and you're like, oh, look, he's on all fours, look, he's on all fours. And you think he's going to crawl, but he's not going to crawl. He's just going to get up there and do that rocking thing. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> he's going to crawl, he's going to crawl. And he gets right back on his belly and does the little army crawl. But then one day... He wants that ball that's across the room and the army crawl doesn't work anymore. It's not fast enough. He gets up and he begins to crawl across the room. Another sign of maturity. Then all of a sudden one day he begins to walk over to the couch and he pulls himself up on the couch and he gets there. And let me just tell you, that's the time to button everything down because it's really on now. <laughs> I'll tell you this brief story. Uh, I was, I was, I was, uh, we, we, had, we had our daughter Haley and she was like three or so, and and our youngest, our my middle son, uh, Walker, he was he was a baby, so he was probably about a year old. So whatever, I don't I don't remember I don't remember how old they are half the time. I'll be honest with you. But anyway, Walker was about a year old, and one Saturday morning, I don't know why because it was unusual, but Crystal, my lovely wife, she trusted me to watch Walker for like an hour. And, and on a Saturday morning, I was like, yeah, let's, let's do it. We'll watch some hunting and fishing shows on TV. I'll take care of him, throw Cheerios at him, and we've got a babysitting gig, you know? So I'm sitting on the couch, and we're watching uh, uh, some kind of hunting thing. I, I remember because they were about to shoot this big elk on TV. And Walker, at the time, he had just started walking, and he toddles around uh, the couch, and he goes into the kitchen. And, and it was one of those real suspenseful moments where the, the guy on TV is talking real quiet, and he's saying, he's like, you got him on camera. And the, and, and, and the other guy, you can hear him, yeah, go ahead, take him. And then I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, as soon as he shoots this elk, I'm going to go check on my son and see what he's doing. <laughs> and all of a sudden, kapow, he shoots the elk. And I was like, well, now i got to see how big it is. So I had to wait a little longer. And the guy goes over, and he, he's taking these big pictures of this big old elk. And I was thinking, I was like, man, there's something I needed to do. But I was like, no, I can't remember. So I sit in there, and I finish my coffee, and I realize I need some more coffee. So I get up, and I go to the kitchen. And wouldn't you know it, my son was in the kitchen. He was sitting on the ground, and he had a bottle of Comet Cleaner up on his mouth just just like this and I said Walker Lee and he goes and he looked at me God is my witness there was a perfect ring around his mouth of that blue powder on the outside and I opened his mouth and it was completely clean and I I, I, I tasted the the comet cleaner because I wanted to know like if it tasted good I figured maybe he ate some more but if it didn't taste good I figured he would have you know tried to spit it out and it tasted you wouldn't it was horrible I'm just going to tell you so I wiped his face off, and, and I, said, I said, all right, let's go back in here. So I, I put him back in here, and then I went and got the little cabinet door locks that Crystal had been asking me to put on for three years, <laughs> and I put them on the lock. But what I'm saying is there's a maturing that takes place. He wasn't wrong for going and pursuing something that would hurt him because he had no clue that it, was hurt, that, that it could hurt him. No, that was daddy's job. There are some things in your life that can hurt you 
and they've been pursuing you and maybe you've even pursued them at times and you've tried to not and you've tried to not but the reality is this if you could have done it alone you would have done it a long time every time we have the opportunity we need to have daddy show up on our behalf and help us in our fight of faith the scripture says that the apostle Paul was writing and he says I'm trying to hold was holding me. When babies mature, they begin to crawl and walk. But you got to pay attention or you may never miss it because it's a gradual thing. It's a gradual thing. But something happens and it goes from you holding a baby that would fall if you let it go to all of a sudden the baby is holding you back. All of a sudden the baby is trying to hold on to you. In 2017, it's going to be the year when you never release trying to hold on to who He is that has been holding you. It's going to be the year whenever you decide, I'm going to grab a hold of what has kept me and I'm not going to let go. The Apostle Paul says, I didn't do this as if I have already attained this, but rather I've done this trying to attain this. Then he says this, he goes, uh, verse 13, I don't count that I have already apprehended. I'm not saying I'm there yet. He said, but, but I want to explain this. He said, this one thing I do, So it would be like Tiger Woods giving you a uh, six-month golf lesson. And then he says this, this one thing you better do. If you want to make more birdies, if you want to play golf better, forget about everything else I said for a minute. This one thing. The guy who said this wrote 13 books in the New Testament. He is considered the greatest apostle that has ever lived. He said this one thing. So in 2017, I don't want you to focus on 100 things. I want you to focus on one thing. The apostle Paul said this one thing I do. He says, here's what I do. He said, I forget those things that are behind. I reach forth unto those things which are in front of me or before. And I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. Somebody give God a hand of praise. He said this one thing, but it's really three steps. So if you're taking notes, we're going to talk about three things really quickly. Number one, write this down. You've got to forget some things. There's been some things said about you. There's been some things that somebody said when you were young that have stuck. But this is the year when you're going to forget some things. You're going to forget what other people have called you. And you're going to pay very close attention to the the fact that God has called you more than a conqueror through Christ. You're going to forget what people said about you, said that you'll never make it, said that you're never going to be good enough, and you're going to begin to believe that God says you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. You're going to forget some things in 2017. All the negative labels that have ever been thrown at you, there's a couple of them I can think of real quickly. Uh, One is Doubting Thomas. 
I wish people would quit calling him Doubting Thomas. He had one bad day and we call him Doubting Thomas. We don't call David adultering David and murdering David. We call David King David. David had more bad days than Thomas did. I wish the labels would get off of some people and we can begin to forget what people are saying about us and believe what God says about us. We're going to forget some things. But, but here's the thing. You can't just forget the bad stuff. That, that, that's, that's infant Christianity. That's, that's baby stuff. And I, I want you to do that. But, but here's the thing. One of the greatest inhibitors or restrictors for your future success is current or previous success. Because you will begin to believe what used to work will always work. You'll begin to believe the methods that I used last time will work next time. Let me give you an example of, of, of how that's not true. I don't know if there are any left, but it would be very hard to find an extremely successful phone book salesperson right now. Phone books used to be the way that you got your information out to the masses. Everybody that had a business needed to be in the yellow pages. And if you were in the yellow pages, you either wanted to buy an ad or, or and both, you wanted to have your name be one of the first that would show up. That's why you always saw A-A-A-A-A plumbing. That's because they, were, they would alphabetize the yellow pages and they would try to get their name, the name of their business, to be the first number. Because when it's midnight and your toilet is shooting stuff at you, you, you want a phone number and you want it quick. So you're looking for the first phone number you can find. The reality is, is that what used to work might not work tomorrow. Now there are some things that, that are 100% never moving. The blood of Jesus has not lost its power. The blood of Jesus is not fixing to lose its power. But if you're stuck in a rut, you can't keep doing the same thing over and over and over again and think something's going to happen because a resolution on New Year's is only a good idea unless it has something called discipline applied to it. There's got to be something behind it that pushes it. You're going to forget all the negative things that people said about you, but you're going to have to forget some of the positives too because here's the situation. If you had a 4.0 last semester, you still have to study to make good grades this semester. What you did yesterday doesn't work for tomorrow. What you did last week doesn't... Uh, one more quick example. Have you ever met that guy? He's like 875 years old. He can he can sit his, he sits in his chair and he can sit his drink right here and it doesn't move. But when he's watching football and and Tom Brady throws an interception, he says, "I tell you what, back in my day, I would have zinged that ball right in there." And I tell you, Tom Brady's not half the quarterback I used to be. Well, well. Cletus, uh, where, where did you play football? I played at Podunk Junior High School in nowhere and nobody cares, Tennessee. Now, now, wait a minute. You played junior high football. Well, I didn't really play. I, I was more of a, a guard and tackle. A guard and a tackle? Yeah, I guarded the water cooler, not tackle anybody tried to get a drink. So you sat on the bench. Yeah, I held it down. And you think that you know how to tell Tom Brady how to throw a football. Absolutely. 
This is an example of somebody who has their rearview mirror and their windshield reversed. They're paying attention to what is behind them far more than what is in front of them. But this is going to be the year when we're not just going to forget all the negative things that people say about us, we're also going to remember that we've got to get up and get it. We've got to stay focused. We've got to keep our, our nose to the grindstone. You say, are you talking about we've got to work? The Bible says in the New Testament, if you don't work, you don't eat. Ooh. If you don't work, you don't eat. We're going to get serious this year. And it's going to require forgetting some things. We're going to lay aside every weight that has held us back and the sin that so easily tripped us up. One translation says, beset us. Number two, if you're taking notes. He said, I forget those things that are before. And he says, I stretch. He said, I reach to those things that are in front. He said, I stretch, that word in the, in the Greek is I stretch. He said, I stretch for the things in front of me. Did you know that if you want to be exactly like you are right now, you don't have to do anything? You can just keep on keeping on and you'll wake up with the same frustrations, the same issues. You'll have the same family scenario. You'll have the same thing. Everything will be over. But if you'll decide that you're going to stretch and try to pursue, if you'll decide that you're going to reach, if you'll decide that you'll look at your future, agree what God says, and that you're going to, everybody just do this, just stretch forward real far, just like this, just stretch forward real far. If you'll just stretch and reach, what you'll find is, is another hand bigger and stronger than yours reaching back and pulling you along the way. My kids, anytime we have a ladder, they always want to get on it. It's just the nature of a ladder, I guess. And we have the best ladder that has ever been because our ladder will be greater. No, I'm just kidding. Hold on a minute. So if I'm getting on the roof, the kids want to get on the roof. So they will climb up the ladder. Daddy want to climb up the ladder. I'm like, great. So they'll climb up the ladder and they'll hold on to that thing, white knuckling. I mean, they're bending that thing because you get a little higher with a little kid, like three feet high to a kid, that's over their head. So they're like, oh my goodness. So they climb up, climb up, climb up, and they get to the top. And I said, now come on, get on the roof. And they said, oh, daddy, I don't know, I don't know. I said, I said, well, take my hand. And they goes, daddy, I don't want to let go. And I say, if you don't let go, the only way you can go from here is down. But if you will let go, your daddy will grab you, your daddy will pull you, and dare I say, he will take you to new heights. We're going to reach in 2017. We're going to stretch. We're going to move in this thing. And last, number three, this is one of my favorites. We're going to press. He said, I forget about what's behind me. I stretch towards what's in front of me. And at the end of the day, I'm going to press. Press is an interesting word. It's the word dioko, and it means to run swiftly in order to catch a thing or to chase after or pursue. One translation says to pursue in a hostile manner. You say, are you talking about chasing God like you're mad at Him? I said, I'm talking about chasing God like you refuse to let anything else catch you. To pursue, to pursue in a, in a 
hostile manner. One scripture says this. It says, run your race as if to attain a prize. That's King James. That's what I prefer because that's what I grew up memorizing. But what he was saying there in 2017 English, he said, run your race like you really want to win. He said, everybody in a race runs, but only one gets a prize. I know that's not normal in today's society. We have all the honorable mentions and all the, everybody gets a trophy and everything like that. But that's really not the kingdom. He said, run your race like you want to get a prize. He said, he said, this one thing I do. He said, I forget what's behind me. I reach towards what's in front of me. He said, and I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling in Christ. The mark for the prize. The, the mark is Jesus. You run after Him like your, uh, people used to say this where I grew up, like your, like your britches were on fire. You run after Him. You pursue Him. You press towards the mark. You pursue after Him with everything that you have in you. You pursue after Him. What if I fall? Then bless God, get up. But you keep pressing. We used to have an orange tree in our backyard. And it made all these wonderful oranges. But we never got any orange juice until something was squeezed. We never got what we wanted until something was pressed. You see, you're going to have decision after decision in 2017. To determine, am I going to be the old me? Or am I going to be what God has called me to be? You're going to have a decision after, you're going to have decision after decision every day. The Bible says you crucify your flesh daily. You're going to have decision after decision after decision of what you're going to do. And, and Paul said, I just do this one thing, broken down in three parts. He said, I forget all that stuff. I forget what they used to say about me. I forget what I used to say about me. And I choose to agree with what God says about me. I stretch. What, what do you mean I stretch? It means if I feel comfortable in every part of my walk with God, meaning I'm not doing something that shows Him that I am serious about following after Him, then in 2017, I'm going to find a place and I'm going to stretch. I'm going to reach forward. I'm not looking back. I'm looking forward. I'm not going to be what the devil wants me to be. I'm not going to be what somebody said I'm going to be. I'm going to be what God said I can be. And I'm not taking no for an answer. I'm going to stretch. And then when times get tough, when you feel like you're out of gas, when you feel like you've got nowhere else to go, you're going to press And when you get tired of pressing, it's real easy. You're going to press some more. You're not going to grow weary in doing what's right. Because in due season, everybody say due season. In due season, you're going to reap. We are going to forget. We're going to stretch. And we're going to pursue God as if we really wanted to attain or catch Him. The prize is the high calling. I don't really have time to go into it. But it just means it's the high calling is God allowing you to do more in the kingdom. 
I can't describe the feeling of when God gives you an assignment or a task. Because when he does, it's as if he's saying, hey, I just want you to know I trust you. We all know he loves us, you know what I'm saying? And if you're here for the first time and you've never heard anybody else talk about Jesus, he loves you more than words could describe. He's constantly interceding and intervening on your behalf. The Bible says he sits next to his daddy in heaven, constantly telling his daddy, I just love him so much. He's interceding. I just love him so much. Can you help Brian down there? Can you help him a little bit? Can you, can you shove him along the way a little bit? I just love him so much. He's just always interceding for us on our behalf. He loves us. But the high calling is... Sometimes it can be in the five-fold ministry. Sometimes it can be, hey, you've seen that widow's house down the street? Why don't you go cut her grass? You've seen that, that little young family? You know groceries are expensive. Why don't you go buy them some? Next time you go to the grocery store, why don't you just buy double and just drop them at their house? So, Lord, I, I, don't, know, I, don't, know if I, I don't know if that's you. I, I'm not sure. The devil will never tell you to feed somebody. We're going to forget some things. We're going to leave some things behind us. We're going to stretch into the future, see what God can do. And we're going to press. Tic-tac-toe, pinochle, skip bow, backgammon, and 42. Those are all games. Jesus is not a game. He came to save, to heal, and to set us free. And when we find ourselves at transition moments, we're all there. When there's things in our past that we wish hadn't happened, or things in our past that we wish had continued to happen, we still have to find a way to just forget it. You say, well, he left me, and I, I, I know we could have worked it out. I, I know, listen, you got to let it go. You got to forget. But I just love him so much. You don't want him the way he left you. If God cleans him up, you do want and, and you want him back, that's fine. But you don't want that rascal the way he left you. You gotta let something. Oh, I just wish it was still the same way. Excuse me for just being blunt. It's not the same way. It's not gonna be the same way. You've got to let go of some stuff. And if God brings it back around, that's God's business. He does the impossible. We don't do the impossible. You gotta let go of some things. You got to decide. Oh, I held on to this. I thought this was what I was supposed to do for sure. And now it just nothing's working, everything. I don't know what to do. You got to let go of some things. Sometimes God just says, hey, clean slate. Let's start over right now. Me and you, let's just start from here and then we'll see what can happen. And the minute you decide, I'm just going to let go. I'm going to get some spiritual amnesia. I'm going to forget about it. Now you're a candidate for the next step. I'm going to reach because you don't want to reach not knowing what you're reaching for. You want to reach towards the one who's reaching back to you and when you grab a hold now you're going to press you're not going to stop you're not going to get weary why, why, how do you know I'm not going to get weary I know because your strength doesn't come from you your strength comes from the Lord I'm so scared of what I might be he is a strong tower the righteous run to him and we are safe 
I'm so concerned about what could happen. Yeah, some things could happen, but what else could happen that could be so far greater than anything you could ask or think? Paul said, guys, for real, I'm so thankful. I'm so happy that you're, that you're reading my letters and I heard you're still serving God and everything's wonderful. And, you know, I used to be so good at, at being a, a, a Hebrew and I look down on people, but, but I count all that stuff as, as just loss, really. I don't even think about it. He said, but, but here's the thing, this one thing. He said, church, exclamation point, important, uh, Listen here, hashtag for real. Listen, this one thing. I forget what is behind me. I press towards what's, I reach towards what's in front of me. And then I press like my britches are on fire for catching the one who set me free. Not like I've already done it. Not like I've already done it. I'm trying to hold on to what's holding me. I'm trying to say, I'm never letting go. I refuse to let go. You say, what if I fall? The righteous may fall seven times, but we get back up. We hope you were blessed by today's podcast. If you'd like more information about Pastor Brian or New Heights Church, visit newheightschurch.info and be sure to follow Pastor Brian on Twitter and Instagram. Until next time, thank you so much for liking and sharing.